Welcome back to another edition of the PHPA Podcast. My name is Daryl Dion, and with us today is a former PHPA member, former PHPA player representative, a member of the executive committee, as well as an AHL All-Star, and now video coach with the Hamilton Bulldogs, Andrew Campbell. So thanks uh, so much for joining us today. It's a real pleasure to have you on the PHPA Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Daryl. For sure. Uh, so just to give the listeners a, a run-through of your background before we really delve into your hockey journey, um, Andrew's from Caledonia, Ontario. I uh, was drafted in the third round of the 2008 NHL entry draft by the Los Angeles Kings. Played three years in the OHL with the Sioux Greyhounds before turning pro in 2008 with the Manchester Monarchs, which is the Kings AHL affiliate, for six seasons. Made his NHL debut with the Kings in 2014. He split the next season between the Arizona Coyotes and Portland Pirates, and then the next two seasons after that between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto Marlies, then a year with Tucson before your final season with Rockford in 2018-19. During that time, he was an AHL All-Star, a PHB player rep, member of our executive committee. He won some awards, which we'll we'll get into, and he's now a coach with the Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL. So looking forward to uh, discussing your hockey journey and, and what lies ahead for you. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. It'd be fun. Sure, sure. Well, so growing up in Caledonia, Ontario, which isn't too far from our Niagara office here, uh, you've mentioned in previous interviews how you played multiple sports growing up, which contributed to your advancement in hockey. So what sports did you play when you were growing up, and how do you think that all came together to help you succeed in hockey? Yeah, I did. I uh, Hockey was kind of in the winter, and the summer was, it was always baseball. That was number one. I was almost my favorite sport yeah uh, growing up we always had great teams and and then I'll, on top of that you know I'd always golf with my buddies and you know I played basketball and volleyball and did track in uh in school so I just think it uh yeah you know it gives you different skills you know you play with uh you know you have different teammates different groups of people and you really learn uh, instead of just being so centralized on you know just hockey which I think a lot of it is now mm-hmm. you know out there it's it kind of broadens your horizons and, you know, you learn, you learn other, you know, skills that, you know, you keep with it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so having said all that, as you advanced in minor hockey and then through to the OHL, were you always, cause you're a tall guy, like, were you always a, a defensive minded defenseman? Like how did, how did the defense, um, come to be your position and, you know, maybe building on that, like what aspects of your game drew the attention of, of OHL and later NHL scouts? Yeah, so the funny thing was, like, I was always a forward growing up. I was always tall and lanky. I always played yeah. center, and when I was younger, I was, you know, kind of a, a you know, a big time point guy. And then as I as I got older, I was kind of shifting more into a, uh, you know, defensive forward role. And in minor midget, I remember my my coach came to me at the kind of the tail end of tryouts, and was like, "We have a void here on defense. We think it's something that you'll be able to do. Like, would you mind making the switch?" So. Um, yeah, I went with it and played my minor midget year with the Hamilton Junior Bulldogs as a defenseman. And, uh, yeah, I don't really know what it was a minor midget that stood out. Just, you know, I've always been that kind of take care of your own end first type of guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, big, being a bigger body, maybe they, you know, they saw some potential in me to kind of grow and fill it even more. So it's not like I was a high-end OHL pick. You know, I went in the 15th round, so it was a late-round flyer, obviously. Yeah. Um. And then, you know, have my OHL career. And for as far as NHL scouts go, I think it all just came together in my 19-year-old season there. We had a really good team in the Sioux. We were making a run for, uh, you know, to win the OHL championship. And 
you know, I was relied upon heavily playing big minutes, you know, a lot of PK. I blocked a ton of shots and just kind of doing whatever it take, whatever it took to, to help the team win. So um, obviously did something right to, to catch LA's eye and, you know, they took a chance on me there in the third round. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, um, you know, that, that's great. It's a good lesson actually too, about, you know, changing positions kind of later, later in your development and still going on to do really, really well. And then, so then once you, um, so drafted by LA, you caught the attention of their scouts, uh, you turned pro with the Manchester Monarchs. So that was the Kings American hockey league affiliate at the time. And, um, so fast forward, you, you know, you're going through the system. Now you've played over 400 AHL games with the Monarchs before you made your NHL, NHL debut with the Kings in 2014. Uh, if you think back, like what was that first game in the NHL like for you? Cause you know, you're, you're not the, the 19 year old kid kind of coming. You've, you've been around a bit, you know, some of the teammates, what do you remember most from that experience? And, and I guess maybe a part B, like before that point, like, did you ever wonder to yourself if that day was going to come or are you always pretty optimistic that, you know, you got a, got a real shot at this? Yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. Obviously you don't want to wait almost six full years in the minors before you, uh, you know, get your first game. And I played with a lot of guys in Manchester that, you know, got called up um, while I was there and went on to have great careers, still having great careers. Some guys had a couple of games, some guys are still playing. So, you know, you see guys going up and down all around you and you, you know, you definitely wonder if your time will ever come. I've been called up a couple of times before that and, uh, but, but never played or just kind of on the roster as a, you know, the seventh guy traveling around in case of emergency and never actually got in the lineup. So, you know, to, to play that first game was funny. Like we're in Manchester with, LA was on the road there in Vancouver. We had a game in Manchester that night. So I'm having my pregame nap in the afternoon, shut my, you know, put my phone on silent, lay down in the afternoon. I wake, someone's just banging on my apartment door. So I get up and it was our assistant equipment manager. His name's Trevor Simpson. He's just pounding on the door. He's like, Soup, check your phone. Oh, man, they need you on a flight. You got to go out to Vancouver. Yeah. And I'm all groggy halfway into my sleep. So, you know, pick up the phone and, like, yeah, I know we got to get you to Boston ASAP. You got to fly, you fly from Boston to Montreal, Montreal to Vancouver. Jeez. You know, it's, it's looking like you're going to be in the lineup tomorrow night. Like, we need to get you out here ASAP. So, um, yeah, I went through that process, got into Vancouver on midnight local time, which would have been three in the morning, yeah. Manchester time, and barely slept. So I was so excited and found out uh, after the morning skate that uh, that I was going to play that night. It was a Saturday night. It was on Hockey Night in Canada oh, wow. against Vancouver. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, just a, it was a really, really uh, cool experience for uh, you know, to play my first game in kind of that setting and that scene. Wow, that's awesome. So at that point, did, did you call all your friends and family at that point? Once you know that you're in and you got a uh, you know, big contingent watching from home? Yeah, I was like on the first day I called, uh, I called a couple people. Um, I was just kind of keep it low key. I'd been called up before without playing. So I didn't want to yeah. get too excited or too amped up if it, uh, you know, wasn't going to happen like, uh, you know, previous times. And, um, once I found out from, uh, Daryl Sutter there after the morning skate on, uh, the Saturday morning, that's when I kind of really let all my family and, uh, and friends know my, Called my parents, but they weren't able to uh, to make it out in time just with the, mm-hmm. them being in Southern Ontario to Vancouver. But the road trip continued into Edmonton and Calgary. I played two more games out there, and they, you know, they flew out for, for for both those games in Edmonton and Calgary. So they got to see me there. So nice. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. 
Oh, that's awesome. That's all, well, that's all, glad that that worked out and that, A, that you made it and that your parents could make it out there too. <laughs> Time, yeah, for so. sure. Um, you know, so here's a question that uh, Larry was on me to ask you too, because I know this is important to him about, uh, you know, being a leader. And, you know, if you look back, like you wore a letter, whether it was an A or, or, the, or, or the captain, like you had a letter on your jersey for just about every AHL team you were on. And so... I guess, what did that mean to you personally? But can you also kind of delve into the importance of veteran leadership in a league such as the AHL? So it's a you know, development league. There's a lot of young guys. Uh, they need to learn how to become a pro on and off the ice, and they need that extra mentorship and support. So what, what was, um, you know, can you kind of describe the that role of uh, being a captain, assistant captain, and, and team leader? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, it's critical as far as team success goes in the American League, as far as A, having a good competitive team and then B, you know, helping those young prospects along the way to find their footing and, you know, allow them to, you know, to learn and grow and, and reach their potential. So, I mean, you know, for me, it was obviously an honor. I think it kept me in the league, you know, a little longer than, you know, some other people you kind of get yourself mm-hmm. in that, in that role and you're, you're used to having that responsibility and, you know, you take, you know, a great amount of pride in it. Like later in my career, you know, I was, you know, it was such an honor to be able to wear those, those letters and have that responsibility. So, um, you know, it's a role that I, you know, I really love doing. And, um, one of the, you know, when I look back at my career, it's a, you know, a feather I can put in my cap where, you know, I can say I played with, you know, so many guys in the American league and, you know, now I'm watching them on TV in the national league being like, wow, you know, maybe I helped that guy a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, in the minors and, and that's awesome as far as you know how important it is to team success I mean you look at who was just in the you know who just won the cup Tampa yeah. beat Dallas in the final I mean Syracuse and Texas those fire teams I mean they're competitive every year they both have had Calder Cup runs like they're competitive every year like back in the Manchester days before LA won you know we were in the playoffs every year um, you know with the Marlies with the, what they're looking to build in Toronto you know they're competitive every year Grand Rapids Detroit always you know strong teams and I think that speaks to you know the veterans that those teams bring in because it can't you can't just rely all on your you know 20 year old prospects to carry the load you know mm-hmm. you got to slot them properly in the lineup and you got to have the right mix around them so yes they're getting their minutes and yes they're getting their situations to develop but you know, the veterans are pushing the way and, you know, they can carry the load sometimes, you know, whether it's, you know, load management's kind of working its way yeah. in the American League a bit. It's a, you know, a basketball term, but on a, on a condensed schedule, you know, you can really rely on veterans to push through those hard times and make sure your young guys are getting the proper rest and recovery. And, um, you know, teams invest so much money now in the nutrition and, um, you know, all that, um, you know, the weightlifting uh you know the supplements and everything it's you know it's so key to you know to be able to allow those guys to you know develop at their own pace and not burn them out when they're you know 21 22 years old and everyone develops at their own pace so it's uh you know it's such a key to uh to the success of you know of everyone Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm making everyone better around you anyway so um so similarly off the ice so you served in a capacity as a PHP player representative and had attended the PHP annual meeting in Orlando. Uh, what was that experience like for you? And how did, like, how did you become involved with the PHPA at that time? Uh, it was amazing. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. It's something that I also look back at my career. I wish I, 
I was always a player rep in um, in Manchester, just being kind of a more veteran player on a on a younger team. You know, you you know, you take that responsibility and help out the younger guys. But as far as like the executive stuff, you know, I really wish I would have dove in, you know, earlier in my career and been a lot more involved when I was when I was younger. You know, Larry and the whole, you know, all you guys at the PHP there do such an amazing job of you know taking care of the you know the player and family and um, you know you learn so much. It's invaluable. Um, experience that you can uh, you know, kind of put in your profile and your portfolio when you you know you move on after hockey to have mm-hmm. you know some of that stuff to add to your resume of uh, things that you're involved in and you know really help out your fellow players. It's uh, you know I, I thoroughly 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 enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know that's it's that's kind of similar to what a lot of players will say over the over the years is that you know they made one of those things and maybe they wish they got involved earlier, but uh, they had a had a lot of fun doing it. It's it's a fantastic bullet point on the resume too. So just a, a plug for any players looking to become a player rep down the at some point down the line. But um, absolutely. Um, so it was a few years ago. This is kind of going back to your on the ice. Uh, the PHP we launched a player voted awards initiative. And we pulled AHL and ECHL players and we asked them to vote on a series of award categories that differentiated from the, you know, the traditional league awards. So, and we, and we had a separate award schedule for AHL and ECHL awards, but because in the AHL, the Eastern conference teams don't play the Western conference teams until really the Calder cup finals, uh, the East players wouldn't necessarily know the West players nor see them play. So, so we named the award recipients from both the East and the West conferences. And why I bring that up is that, so you were voted uh, the recipient of the best defensive defenseman award for three consecutive years, but also uh, in different conferences in front of different players. So two years uh, while you were with the Marlies in the East that you won the best defensive defenseman award is voted by your peers. Then the next year with Tucson out in the West, like I said, in front of completely different slate of players, you, you won the award again. Um, so I guess a, a two-part here. So like, how does that feel to be recognized by your peers? But what, like, what are, in your opinion, like, what are some of the things that you did that make players take notice of your defensive game? Um, well, yeah, first off, I think anytime you win in, you know, win an award that's, you know, named by your peers, those are extra special. Those are the, you know, those are the guys that you're competing with, you know, on the ice, uh, night in and night out. So, you know, when they're taking notice of, uh, you know, the way you play and, you know, you can watch the game from up above or in the stands or, but you don't really have a true feel unless you're, you know, you're right in the, the you know, the thick of the mm-hmm. battle as a player, as you know, what's going on out there. So, um, yeah, it's a huge honor and it's something that I'll, uh, I'll cherish for sure. Um, as far as my game, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I killed a lot of penalties. <laughs> I, you know, I really took pride in, uh, you know, blocking shots. And I was always, a, you know, a defense first, you know, kind of mindset guy. So, I mean, it, it ate me alive whenever I got, you know, scored on against. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, even strength. But even on the PK, you know, it would just eat at me. So, it was always my goal, you know, to never get scored on, you know, during a game out there. And, you know, it's something I took a lot of pride in. I you know, I did whatever I could to, to, you know, keep the puck out of our net and, you know, it wasn't always pretty, but, um, you know, you make sacrifices mm-hmm. on other aspects of your game and that's, you know, what, you know, the, the path that I chose and, you know, it's something that I, you know, I think I did, I, I did okay and it definitely took a lot of pride in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you I think your, your peers would agree with you there based on the, you know, like I said, three years in a row winning that award, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So, 
Um, but it's, it's a real cool perspective that you brought up too, because is, and maybe talk about how you latched on with the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, of the Ontario hockey league. So the OHL became their video coordinators, maybe, you know, some of that perspective that you had as a player and a, you know, defensive minded guy in a veteran role, did that kind of help come together? Like, so how, how did that, how did that marriage come to be that you came to be with the Hamilton Bulldogs? Um, it just kind of grew organically. I, uh, I had a volunteer. I, well, I'd reached out to Steve Stales, who's mm-hmm. the president GM last summer. Um, and just kind of volunteered or asked him if I could hang around their, yeah. their, their, uh, training camp for a little bit. And, you know, Steve's been awesome with me from, from the, you know, the first time I talked to him on the phone, he's, uh, you know, he's such a dedicated guy and he's, he's been so great to me. I, you know, I can't thank him enough and I kind of, you know, tailed around and, um, it just kind of grew and grew as, uh, as time went on last year. And I, I went to Binghamton on a PTO and that didn't work out. And then I made the decision to, uh, you know, to retire and we'd kind of, uh, you know, maintained contact after that. And he said, you know, if you're back, let me know and, you know, reach back out. And we spoke again and, you know, kind of invite followed to, uh, you know, to kind of follow around the coaching staff as the, you know, the season was going. And, you know, for me, it was just kind of, you know, sitting back, keep my mouth closed. And, you know, mm-hmm. the, the coaches, they were doing a fantastic job and, you know, they're, you know, they're doing their work and I'm just kind of sitting around and, you know, kind of taking notes and, you know, just seeing what the, you know, the other side is like and what their daily responsibilities are and their interaction with players and practice plans and game planning. And, you know, it was just a lot of invaluable experience. So, yeah, like I just said, this kind of organically grew and kind of gained some more responsibility, you know, cutting games and, you know, doing video work during the games with Patrick Jarrett at the time. And he mm-hmm. moved down to the bench and I kind of took it over you know, myself and, you know, just kind of grown uh, naturally as uh, as time's gone on here, mm-hmm. so it's been great. Did uh, did you know uh, Steve Steos ahead of that, or was that just was that like a true cold call? Or uh, no, I didn't. Um, you know, I live in Caledonia, which is you know a stone's throw down the road from mm-hmm. Hamilton. So, yeah. um, like you know, I've I have a young family at home, so I was just looking to stay involved in the game, you know, locally at this point. Um, while I figured out you know what I was going to do, you know, next and my career in life basically right so yeah. um yeah you know i think my you know my agent ian palver um he kind of facilitated a bit and you know gave steve the heads up that i that i might be calling him and mm-hmm. um got the contact through ian and uh yeah and just and just kind of went from there yeah no it's crazy how it all works out the hockey community is pretty small so that's uh that's that's great that uh they were able to reach out to him and then you know is uh met with a great response so that's awesome Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and you kind of alluded to a little bit, but how have you enjoyed that role so far? But in your, so is, is your title video coordinator and if, and like, what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities and what, like, what do you try to instill in your players? Um, yeah, there's no real title on it, on it, uh, on it right now. We're still mm-hmm. kind of working through the process as we, you know, head into this next season here. Um, but last year, you know, as I said, you know, initially I just kind of keep my mouth shut and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of throwing in my, you know, two cents whenever and it was asked for and, you know, just really watching how everyone else operated. And then towards the, uh, uh, I forget the exact time it was, but when Patty, he moved down on the bench, I started cutting games um, during the game. Um, you know, so you're on the line there if you need any sort of, uh, you know, video challenge or video review and you're mm-hmm. clipping the game as it goes for, 
you know, for the, for the coaches to break down and show whether it's in between periods or, or the next day, pre-scout, um, game review, uh, you know, what have you. And then towards the end of the year, right before, you know, COVID hit, there was a, there was a coaching change in Hamilton and things kind of got shifted around a bit. And I, I was down on the bench um, coaching the D for okay. uh, yeah. the last two games of the season um, before, before COVID hit and everything got put on hold, but yeah, it was just really cool. It'd been so long since I'd been involved in the junior game. Obviously it was, I played for a long time. So it's just kind of getting your bearings back on, you know, what that whole, you know, league is like, you know, the kids are still in school and they're mm-hmm. so young and just kind of relearning that whole process. And yeah, I just tried to carry, carry over to my, you know, my coaching when I was teaching them is, you know, kind of what made me a successful player and allowed me to, to play as long as I did. Just, you know, the, you know, the defensive play, the, you know, the stick positioning, the battling, the, um, the, you know, the positioning and, you know, the mindset, you know, I really, you know, it's not like coaching used to be you're not barking down throats all day Mm -hmm. every day it's more of a more of a partnership now with the players than ever you know you gotta there's a lot of communication there's a lot of you know back and forth what you see here this is what i saw and you kind of you tell them you know what's what's right and wrong and then you you know you also allow them a little bit to uh tell you what they saw and then Mm -hmm. you know you you improve and you and you help them that way so yeah, I mean, you know, it's something that I'm, you know, really passionate about and really looking forward to as, uh, you know, as, as we head into the future here. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you had learned how to press a lot of buttons, that's for sure, about every guy, not just a blanket solution there. So, um, maybe one more thing on the coaching. Like, what have you what have you learned or maybe has anything surprised you since that since taking over that role that maybe you didn't realize as a, as a player? Um, no, nothing really jumps out. I mean, especially at this level now, there's, you know, you really got to focus on the, you know, the development of the, you know, you know, of the kid both on the ice and off the ice, right? Because they're, they are so young, they are so impressionable. And, you know, a lot of them have dreams and aspirations to, to make it to the next level. So you're trying to find that balance between, you know, winning at the OHL level mm-hmm. and developing, you know, each player to, uh, to maximize their potential and, you know, try to help them achieve their goals. So, um, a lot of development time. Um, yeah. And you're working on, uh, you know, you're working on very fine details of the game, very minute skills, but it's stuff that we even did in, you know, in the minors, you know, mm-hmm. passing pucks with your head up. Like it's just, it's, it, it's so simple, but you know, to play at the national league level and, you know, to have success there, it's all the, you know, the little things that, you know, you tie together that, that make you really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, away from the rake now, like, how do you spend your downtime? Like what, uh, you mentioned you have a young family, but what, um, you know, what types of things do you enjoy doing just to kind of unwind away from the ring? Yeah. So I have, I have two young daughters. They're, you know, they're four and two, so they keep me extremely busy. Yeah. And, um, you know, my wife's working a lot now, so I have, you know, the kids quite a bit, so I wouldn't necessarily say I have too much time on my hands, <laughs> but, uh, when I do, I, you know, I love to golf, mm-hmm. uh, spend a lot of time golf in the summer, all my buddies golf. So we have a lot of fun doing that and everything just basically revolves around sports. You know, I'm big into the NFL and obviously watched all the, you know, the Stanley cup playoffs and baseball playoffs. So, you know, I just say I'm a, I'm a huge sports, uh, all around fan. So yeah. whenever there's something on the, you know, a sporting event on the TV, you know, I'm usually uh, pretty dialed in watching it. So it keeps me busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so as we sit here now, so we're recording this in the early part of October 2020. Um, how are things at the Bulldogs currently with the start of season still tentatively scheduled for December? Like how how have you been preparing for the season ahead with so much uncertainty at this stage? Uh, well, we've just been trying to stay focused on you know and control what we can control. So mm-hmm. we've had uh, you know we've had Zoom calls and you know with the players multiple times, whether it be showing a video or having speakers or or what have you, just trying keeping them engaged and you know the other the other coaches and myself and Steve you know we've been down at the rink here and there just kind of going over some things but um, I'm sure it'll ramp up here in the, the near future we're going to be you know really optimistic that everything's going to stay on track and you know get going when it's supposed to and mm-hmm. um, yeah just really excited for it to get going yeah yeah um, so long term, like, do you feel that you'd want to stay in coaching at, at this stage, or do you have any other potential interests? Yeah, I mean, right now, um, coaching is you know where I see my path as being. Whether you know you get a couple of years on your belt and you and you like it, don't like it, uh, you're really good at it, you, you're not good at it. Um, I think I see myself in hockey for the rest of my life for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. lots of different roles and responsibilities within the game other than coaching different avenues to uh to take whether more on the management side or player development side or or what have you but um this is where i'm at now and i know i'm really looking forward to it and that's where i'm pushing all my uh you know development into you know you know at this point and i think it'd be great to uh you know get right down a nice level and yeah you know you, you can really feel it compete down there so it'll be uh it'll be a lot of fun and you know, it's something I uh, definitely see myself doing, you know, for, for a long, long time here. Yeah, no, I can just, just tell by, by the, you know, the tone in your voice, the the passion that you've got for it at, at this point. So that's uh, that's awesome that you're getting your feet wet into there. And I, I think, you know, some, some pretty big things, even, you know, even uh, before the call here today, Larry was saying, no, he, he's going to be in the American League real soon. And so, he, you know, so he's, Larry's, <laughs> he's already pumping your tires for you. So I'm glad that... <laughs> Uh, that things to be seem to be going very well for you at this stage. So wishing all the best um, as you you know continue with, on your development there. Um, so maybe to close out, just looking back on your on your lengthy pro career, what are maybe one or two, or what are just some of the most fondest memories that stand out to you from from your perspective, or you know your your highlight reel for you? Um, well, obviously a lot of the friendships that I made, you know, over the years of, of playing, you know, and on every team I played on, I still, you know, I still talk to multiple guys and it's those lifelong friendships that you, you know, you make in the game that, you know, you really cherish. And, um, like I said earlier, seeing guys that, you know, you're maybe paired with in the minors and, you know, played with in the minors, watching them continue on their careers in the national league and seeing their success that they're having is, you know, very fulfilling. And then, um, you know, biggest regret is, you know, never winning a championship, but um, played on a lot of good teams. You know, we had a lot of good runs, and you always remember those, you know, those good teams that you played on, fortunate to play in the playoffs almost every year. And, you know, those play, you know, come playoff time, those were always the funnest games and mm-hmm. um, the ones that you remember the most. So, um, yeah, I know I'll always remember, you know, obviously getting drafted. That was, you know, the big yeah. first step. And, um, you know, being named, uh, you know, playing captain in the, in the all-star game my last year there by, you know, Mr. Andrews. Mm-hmm. That was an extremely big honor that I'll always remember, too. I had a great, you know, weekend there with my, 
you know, my wife, my dad, and my sister, they all came down yeah. and enjoyed the time in Springfield. And um, that was kind of a, a good way to close out, you know, my career to have that. Um, in the last year of my career, um, it was certainly a lot of fun. So mm-hmm. I'll remember that for sure. Yeah. Well, um, well, Andrew, thank you very much for uh, for coming on the PHB podcast today. Just, it's always great to have uh, you know a former player up and exec member on here. So, um, you know, sounds like things are going really, really well for you, and certainly wish you all the best um, this season. Whenever, whenever that starts up, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, um, but again, all the best, and and uh, and thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Daryl. Thanks a lot for having me. That was, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate it. Bye.